Hello all and welcome to this unusual, experimental episode of NUMA, to which I have the great honor of introducing you. I decided to make a series of episodes capturing the thoughts that I have while running. Running, for me, is not only a physical but oftentimes an intellectual and spiritual exercise for me. So what follows is the stream of thoughts that I had and I remembered while running, uh, recorded while I'm at home on my stationary bike, where I was better able to set up a microphone and capture without too much background noise what it is I have to say. Now, whether or not that's worth listening to is a question to which you'll have to give me an answer. So what follows is my monologue (laughs) recorded while I'm on a stationary bike, hence the breathlessness and some of the sounds in the background, which would be the spinning of the pedals in the wheel. Without further ado, I give you the first episode of Jog Your Mind. Welcome all to this extempore episode. A spontaneous idea of which I think I want to make a series. If it turns out successfully. Uh, now, yesterday I tried to record some of my some of my thoughts, some of my musings, while running through the streets of Southwest Florida on a beautiful, balmy summer day. Unfortunately, <laughs> my recording mechanism, my iPhone, failed me by and large and produced almost an intelligible uh, utterance of footsteps and heavy breathing and nothing that I would subject you to, (laughs) my dear listeners here on NUMA. But the idea, I think, was sound. In the midst of my cardio exercises, be they on the bike as I am right now, or while running in the streets or through the parks of this beautiful part of the world, I'm often met by thoughts. Sometimes the thoughts are profound, sometimes trivial, sometimes when deprived of oxygen, it's difficult for my mind to discriminate between the two. But not wanting to lose the opportunity to record the former, the more interesting thoughts, I thought about creating a short web series, podcast series, no longer than 10 to 15 minutes, capturing some of those thoughts that are worth capturing. Now, yesterday I had a conversation with my sister during my run for the first six miles or so of a 12 mile run, ultimately. And I asked her toward the end of the conversations, back and forth, if she could remember in the span of the past week, one moment 
of felicity. One moment of extreme happiness, of something approximating bliss. Now, my sister is accustomed to me asking such questions. She was commuting to work, thinking about the day ahead of her, and preparing herself for all that attends to it. But characteristically, she was game, and she provided me with an answer. She said, the look on her infant daughter's face when she sees her in the morning before departing for work, or when she sees her when returning from work in the afternoon, is one such moment. The look in her daughter's eyes, <laughs> to whose beauty I can attest, the smile that grows on her little face, the excitement that her face exudes, the warmth and love that is communicated between the two is something transcendently happy. It got me thinking to or about the famous Faustian pact, uh, less accurately known as the Faustian bargain, or more colloquially known as a deal with the devil. Now the term is older than the author to whom it was given name, name actually comes from Goethe, the great German romantic poet and classicist, aesthetic. He wrote a tragedy in two parts, to which he devoted most of his adult life, about 60 years worth, called Faust. It was later separated into parts one and two. Now, in part one, early in the story, Heinrich Faust, the main character, the protagonist, is a professor, equipped with most intellectual comforts, shall we say, and material ones as well. He wants very little, but yet he wants more. He's visited one day by a mysterious black poodle who promptly transforms into Mephistopheles, the manifestation of the devil. Now in his new form and figure, Mephistopheles is a young scholar, but with hooves and a devilish tail. The two proceed to banter a bit and Mephistopheles suggests a compact. But it isn't just any compact, and most people misunderstand its true meaning. The Faustian pact, or Faustian bargain, didn't exchange Faust's soul for happiness, merely, 
for a momentary enjoyment of wealth, for a transitory taste of prestige, for a fleeting fleck of intellectual supremacy. No, the condition was that Faust would need to live a truly transcendent moment. A moment than which none could be greater. A moment that, if he were forced to do so, he would willingly live it again and again and again for all eternity. A moment you would never want to end. Now, as we know, Faust agreed to the terms. He signed away his soul in blood and sought out this interminably beautiful, wonderful, exciting moment. Now, the funny thing is, we're never told by Goethe if Faust actually experiences such a moment. We presume that he does, given the fact that he later descends to hell with that infernal being. But I thought of this when my sister told me about her happy experience with her daughter. I asked her if she'd be willing to engage Mephistopheles in such a wager to exchange her soul for a moment so endlessly blissful. <laughs> now, of course, I wouldn't want to deny my sister the opportunity of being reunited with the divine in the next world. So I wouldn't push her whether or not she would agree to this compact. But it's something about which we might think. In the last week, have you had any supreme moments of happiness? For me, I can say the answer is normally no, normally in the negative. But in a way, it depends on the scale of happiness for which you're seeking. If you can find happiness in subtle things, in small miracles, in the aroma of the gardenia flower, in the bush outside your place of work, in the heat of the sun under which you lie at the noontime as you take your lunch, in the words of a book in which you're totally immersed that elevate you, as Goethe does, to a sublime and spiritual level, to the worship in which you participate for an hour, perhaps every Sunday or Friday, or the look on the face of a child, 10 months old, as of August the 1st, 
of whom you're completely enamored, with whom you have a ineffable union, and complete and utter love for. Now that's something for which one might be tempted to wager her soul. And so, with that, I'm about 45 minutes into my spin bike session. I have to get off this old horse, shower, and get ready for work. But I hope you enjoyed this inaugural episode of what I hope to call Jog Your Thoughts here on Numa. If you find it <laughs> interesting, enjoyable, and intelligible more than anything else, please subscribe to this channel and leave a five-star rating on it. I'd be most grateful. And with that, I bid you farewell on this fine day from Numa. <laughs>